That's along with Jeff from Locked On Browns. It, it, it is another crossover Wednesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Jets and Browns, week three of the NFL season, Thursday night football. Jeff, how are you today? I'm not going to lie to you, John. Uh, a little tiring. Um, you know, obviously, with between managing you know, regular life, and you're like, oh, so cool, Thursday night game. And then you kind of look out about how much you got to get done in a certain amount of time. Then we get ourselves a nice little layoff, so I'm sure my wife will be thrilled about that. But uh, I'm really looking forward to this, uh, you know, I know a lot of people think, oh, it's, it's Jets, Browns, and a guy like you who covers the Jets, a guy like me who covers the Browns, I don't think they realize the amount of really good young players that are on each of these teams. And, I mean, I, I'm sure you probably feel very strongly about where the, your team is headed. I know I feel fairly, fairly strong about where my team is headed. So it, it's going to be a great matchup here. And hopefully, you know, a lot of people are, are going to go in with open eyes and realize there's a lot of talent on both of these rosters. Well, there's a level of excitement, I won't lie, but I think there's also a little level of trepidation from the Jets' side because this Browns team has clearly improved from the outside looking in, and they've had a couple tough luck, uh, tough luck, not losses, because I know they tied week one. They lose a heartbreaker last week to New Orleans. I think there's a little trepidation that the Jets are going to be the team that uh, breaks the Browns' winless streak because this Browns team obviously looks like it has much more talent than it did a year ago. Yeah, obviously, we're going to get into that. Um... You know, there'll be questions, you know, running game-wise. But the other thing that was so weird, Thursday night games, you know, and if you got, if anybody bets a Thursday night game, I give you a lot of credit because you always think you maybe know a way it's going to go. But in a, in a team, in a game where the the, the talent pool is kind of evil, even, you have no idea what, what coach could have found real quick to put in with a 72 hours. So that's going to be really fun that way. Um, you know, and it's weird. I mean, uh, Cleveland Browns are favored here. So, John, I mean, it's just... It's just interesting because I don't even know if they were. I do not remember them being favored, and I am now almost a calendar year on this gig. Well, yeah, you know what's funny is that when the Jets beat the Detroit Lions Monday Night Football Week One, originally they were under, they were home underdogs to the Miami Dolphins Week Two. After that performance, they became the favorites, and they did not perform so well as favorites. So I guess now the Jets are back to being underdogs this week. Yeah, and it is kind of funny. And uh, the one thing a lot of Cleveland fans t- will tell you, and everybody I've talked with. Is you know this team could have been could have felt some ball games were won last year. I for one kind of went on a tangent. I really think they probably should have won the Jet game, but you know now here it is. We're this much a year later, and we're still trying to see if there's really good talent. But we're really trying to see whether or not these guys can finally win. You know, can win some games. You know, they're getting there, they're tasting it. But at the end of the day, you know, they're not actually doing it, and it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be a tough spot. We're going to get in here a little bit, obviously. Uh, look, Sam Darnold, uh, it's weird because he was a guy we talked about a lot as a possible Browns overall number one pick. Honestly, we felt up until the Wednesday before the draft, it was going to be Sam Darnold coming here. Uh, I think they went with you know Baker's more game experience, more age. They felt more safe with exactly who he was now. But, uh, John, I, I grew up in Jersey. I've been following the Jets my entire life. Sam Darnold, and then when they traded up for three, almost, what, a month, maybe five weeks in advance, guaranteeing themselves one of those quarterbacks. I, I know the fan base is excited. I mean, obviously, you get to cover this at you know, each and every show. So how's Sam Darnold been looking to this point? And, you know, obviously, he looks pretty much the part. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what's funny is that leading up to the draft, it was kind of the opposite around the Jets, is that there wasn't so much talk about Darnold because it was kind of taken for granted that he was going to Cleveland. So Baker was the guy everybody was talking about mm-hmm. around the Jets. But, yeah, I mean... I, 
you have to be impressed with it with what you've seen so far. Look, there there there's some moments where he looks a little, a little rough around the edges. There are some rookie mistakes. There have been some couple not so great interceptions. But you look at the way this guy processes the game at the age of 21. I mean, it's it's incredible, and not just that the playmaking ability. And I really think that. You know, looking back in the preseason, there was one play, his first preseason game against the Falcons, which was a touchdown pass. I think it was on his first drive where it looked like everything just broke down and he just took off. He, he broke the pocket and he kept his eyes down the field and threw a strike for a touchdown. And that was just the kind of play that, you know, you can't teach. So, you know, there's just it, it's a very exciting time around this franchise because, you look back in uh, recent Jets history, I mean, they've been going with journeyman quarterbacks for a while now between Josh McCown, Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's been probably four or five years since you even felt like there was the possibility that you had a long-term answer, that you had a young quarterback with potential on this team. So you know, you look at what Darnold's done his first two games, and I mean, he's made a lot of impressive throws. He's made a lot of impressive reads. Yeah, look, there have been some interceptions. There have been some mistakes. That's what you expect with a young quarterback. This year is really, I think, about Darnold's growth as much as anything but the fact this team's one and one and he's played as well as he has uh, Sunday against Miami was not a spectacular performance but it was not a total disaster either he went for over 300 yards had a lot of good moments in that game so you know the sky's the limit with this kid I think well I think one thing people do get worried about you know is oh well the interceptions but you know when you expect the guy to be your franchise guy you know, to, you know. Obviously, later in the game, you know, a lot of passes. Those things are going to happen as with a rookie. You're ideally playing from ahead. You want more to him to be able to do what he did in Detroit. It just so happens that sometimes the game doesn't go your way, and then he's got to end up throwing it more. And as a younger kid, you know, that's where you're going to learn from the mistakes he was making. Absolutely, and I mean, one of the interceptions he threw, uh, he threw two interceptions against Miami week two. And one of them was really Terrell Pryor's fault. Pryor just ran a, a kind of a lousy route. But I was a it, wide receiver in college. He gave up on the route. And the other thing, he's got too much length. Dive. Do something. Give me an effort there at the end because you already sold me out. So the least you can do is try to play cornerback there. That's just my two cents. And, you know, I, I write uh, the website gangreennation.com, uh, covers the Jets. And one of our other writers last uh, a little earlier in the week gave some – rookie records in the NFL and let me give you the guys who are the lowest interception percentages uh recent NFL history as rookies Dak Prescott Robert Griffin III Nick Foles Charlie Batch Derek Carr so you know even when we talk yes you want your young quarterback to avoid interceptions but you know throwing interceptions as a rookie is not necessarily the end of the world I mean there's yeah I, I keep saying you know there's there's only one way you learn and that's by making mistakes and I think you know the first interception he threw against Miami that, that was just a coverage he hasn't seen before the guy made a great play on the on the Miami side, so yeah, yeah it's it just, just things, like that, yeah. just things you just, just things you live, you live with, you know. Yep, and uh, you know, I recall Peyton Manning. Uh, guy went on to a pretty good career, and uh, you know, he hit more guys in the opposite jersey than he did his own his rookie year. Um, John, uh, what are you guys feeling so far? Now the Browns' defense, look, I think it's been the most impressive part to this. And now here's the thing, and why this team needs a win desperately. But obviously, we'll talk about the defense here. They know they're keeping this team in it for 60 minutes now. So the question is, is if the losses fester, you know, we get a little nervous, you know, are the guys on defense, you know, you're not going to get the same tenacity. But, you know, what are some concerns that you're seeing? And obviously you said that you think this Browns defense and this team is not what they were. Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing with the Jets, the biggest concern right now is the offensive line. You know, Darnold's is going to make mistakes but there's excitement or there's excitement around him 
it's a it's not a spectacular group of skilled players, but they have they have some solid guys. They have some solid uh, backs. Bilal Powell, your old friend Isaiah Crowell. Looks thinner. Some... He looked thinner. Uh, it's the first thing I noticed seeing him. Maybe it was the whites. I don't know, but he looked thinner. Yeah, and uh, you know they have a couple talented young receivers, Robbie Anderson, Quincy, and Nunwa. But the the weak link of this offense is the offensive line, and it held up all right through week one against Detroit. Week two, though, it was an ugly performance. The Jets were only able to manage a little over two yards per carry on the ground. Darnold was under constant pressure, which makes his performance a little a little more impressive. The fact he threw for over three hundred yards because if you watch that game. He was under duress quite a bit. He made quite a few plays outside the pocket. And you look at this Browns front, especially with Miles Garrett, who, is, as I've, I've watched, it looks like he's off to a pretty good start this year. And I think that this is a this is an issue. I think, I think it's an issue that's going to continue for the Jets through the seasons. I, it's a team that's not strong in the trenches. There's no there's no guy there that you could see as being like a top five, top ten player at his position. The ceiling for all of these guys individually is probably middle of the pack, and the floor is bottom bottom tier. You know, week one we saw we saw a unit that kind of looked middle middle of the pack. Week two we saw a unit that looked like the type of offensive line Jets fans feared it would be. And uh, this is it's been really fun. And uh, Emmanuel Agba is obviously going to miss this game, but he was not totally himself yet. Uh, he was coming off of uh, you know they uh, broken ankle, so he had the surgery there. Now does have a sprained ankle. But what you see, and now Miles Garrett, the greatest thing to see with Miles is he's becoming more of a technician now, not just the freak athlete that he is. So he's able to create space quickly. Uh, so it's he's just it's just taking his game to another level. Even in you know he he's made some run stops already that were eye poppers. Larry Ogunjobi is coming on very fast. He was a guy who didn't have much football experience. Was a third round pick in 2017 out of Charlotte. But he's just become a force inside. He's got brute strength. He keeps his leverage low. He's got a great, you know, great rip move low, and he can he can rip. So if these two guys can occupy people one on one, and you know Miles Garrett, you're always going to chip or something else. It's just opening things up for everybody else. And like a rookie like Jannard Avery, they got in the fifth round. I mean, every rep this guy looks the part right now. But now you're getting a guy like him, who is a college linebacker, solid athlete. He's going to beat a right tackle almost every time he goes against them. So it's been really fun to watch this group grow to this point. Yeah, and I think on the Jets' side, the, the plan's pretty simple. You have Jeremy Bates as the offensive coordinator. He is somebody who learned at the knee of Mike Shanahan. So you'll see uh, you'll see an offense with a lot of Shanahan principles. You know, they'll try they'll try and establish the run. It'll be a lot of the zone run game. They'll try and get Darnold on the move. You know, try try and get him going on some bootlegs and they're going to try and keep this team they're going to try and stay ahead of the uh, ahead of schedule on offense because I don't think they want to get into third and longs where the where these Browns pass rushers can just pin back their ears yeah yeah and I mean I can understand it and it's going to come down and the one thing that I am a little bit concerned about though is I'm concerned about the the stature of the wide receiving core um, look, I mean, J- uh, Jermaine Curse already, you know, he's getting back to closer to a full-time role or whatever it's going to be with the four guys. He already sliced them up once last year. But then you get to, you know, Robbie Anderson with the long arms at deep speed. Quincy and Nuno, I mean, just a, a big physical guy. And then, you know, Terrell Pryor. I, I'm a little concerned because even the guys that have a little height to them are a little slender in size. And Denzel Ward, he does everything well. But the one thing you wouldn't say is he's prototypical size at the cornerback position. Yeah, and I think that that's you know one of the areas where the Jets' offense ha- has 
strength is that it's at the it's at the wide receiver positions a really solid group i think of the guys you mentioned the, the guy darnold's developed the best chemistry with so far is quincy and Nunwa. and the jets try and manufacture touches for him because he's a guy who's good with the ball in his hands he's a guy who's tough to bring down in space so i think that you know they, they'll try and get him the ball on some on some design screens they'll yeah, they'll move him around. He's kind of a movable chess piece. Back in 2015, which was the first time he really kind of came onto the scene for the Jets, they kind of used they kind of used him as a almost a hybrid H back wide receiver type guy. And they've kind of, they've through the years they've diversified his use a little more. You'll see him in the slot. You'll see him in you'll see him out wide. I mean, you even saw him in the back running around out of the backfield week one. So I think he's the guy the Jets of out of all, out of the four receivers. I think he's the guy the Jets are most going to focus on. When, as they build their game plan. It makes sense, and obviously, you know, because I do watch the Jets games as well, and you made a great point, because uh, when he does gets the ball in his hand, he's either going to pick up the yardage that's there, and, and you're getting that already, plus he's able to, you know, spin off break tackles, and just, you know, I, I'm really happy he's healthy. He was a guy I had a lot of promise for. I think he was really on the up-and-coming, and then when you hear it's something next-shoulder-related, I mean, you really cross your fingers, but uh, you know, obviously the guy is back in, you know, you know, Gives you the, almost like an Anquan Bolden type, Bolden type of guy that you, you just don't want to meet him with the ball on his hands. Yeah, I like that comparison. And one of the things is it's been impressive to see how quickly he and Darnold have developed a rapport because he missed quite a bit of time in training camp. He was injured early in training. It was it was unrelated to the injury he suffered a year ago, but he missed a lot of camp time and he stepped right into the lineup. I think it was the third preseason game against the Giants, and it looked like they were uh, looked like they had been working together for all of camp. Absolutely. Those mental reps, we'll call it, John. Those mental reps. Right, right. You know, Jeff, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets of all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section or row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off $200 orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. All right, John. Um, now, um, the Browns' offense, I'm not so thrilled about it. Um, I, I, I think, you know, I, I had, you know, I'd spoken with a bunch of Bills people about acquiring Tyrod Taylor. And the thing is, is, you know, the, the small sample sizes you see get you excited. When you start seeing him, he's an ultra-safe quarterback. He takes sacks, which, you know, rubs you the wrong way a little bit because he's, you know, he's a very good athlete, you know, and he's a veteran, so he shouldn't take some of these sacks. Um, but, you know, we're going into week three here now. The completion percentage, obviously, is not very high. This team has now moved on from Josh Gordon. The running game, everybody wants to see Nick Chubb. Everybody wants to see Duke Johnson. We're seeing a hard, hard dose of Carlos Hyde. Um, the O-line was basically assembled the Friday, <laughs> finalized the Friday before the home opener, uh, which you know, obviously shook everybody. So there's a lot of questions here with this offense. But I do think, you know, if they can find a way to throw the ball more, 
I like the talent that's there at the skill positions as far as the receiver guys are concerned. Yeah, and I think, you know, from a Jets perspective, and I'm going at this because the Jets do have some experience going up against Tyrod Taylor from all of his years, all of his years in Buffalo. You you mentioned what a safe uh decision maker he is. You know, he, he doesn't he doesn't really try and push it. I what I from what I recall is when the Jets got into trouble with Taylor, it's when he was doing things outside the structure of the play, when they were letting him escape, when they were, he was escaping the pocket. So when the Jets have had the most success against Tyrod Taylor, what they've been able to do is kind of constrain him to the pocket. And even, you know, it's, they've kind of gone with a controlled pass rush, is I guess what I'd call it, where they're trying to collapse the pocket, but they're making sure he doesn't have lanes to get outside and uh, wor- you'll work the ball down the field and let those receivers break their routes off. So I think for the Jets, that might be one of their top goals for the game. Uh, it would make it would make a lot of sense. And here's one question I did want to ask you about this Jets defense. Now, obviously, John, knowing the Jets as well as I know, and year in, year out, it's always, man, you know what the Jets could use? They could really use that guy off the edge. They could use... Um, but I think the pass rush has been very disruptive to this point, and they have still never added that guy. But it seems like they're, you know, they're doing a solid job bringing consistency with numbers as opposed to just one guy that can go ahead and wreak havoc on a Sunday. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I'm surprised how effective the pass rush has been so far, and I don't want to be pessimistic. I'm skeptical looking at the guys they have on this team. I'm skeptical it's sustainable at the rate they're doing it. Uh, they have a guy who's really played well in the early going, who's brought a bit to the pass rush, Henry Anderson, who former Indianapolis Colt, the Jets acquired him um, during the draft for a seventh-round pick, and he had more of a reputation for being a run-stopper. He's been in on a couple of, of pressures in the early going, had a sack against Miami. Uh, Brandon Copeland, who's you know not a big name at all, a guy, a guy they brought in in the offseason, he had a couple of plays behind the line of scrimmage. So we'll see We'll see whether this can continue. So far, it's been impressive. So far, you know, I think the, the two concerns Jets fans had going into the season were the offensive line and the pass rush. So far, the offensive line has been shaky. The pass rush has been very good. Now, question is can the jets sustain it and uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure this is anything more than just a hot two-game stretch for these guys because i mean i just don't see big talent on 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 this uh defensive front in terms of guys who can get to the quarterback yeah and you know and and i know i've seen the statistics where i I think they're down almost like 17 percent in their blitz blitz percentage so far to this point but the question is are these guys going to be able to do it and is it you know and you know jamal jamal adams i mean you know you're gonna call it a blitz but I just think they realize he, they've got a guy who can, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, I mean, he's almost like, you know, not going in the wide nine stance, but kind of lining up in a wide nine angle. They're just exploiting a guy in Jamal Adams who it can is good at getting after the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Adams is off to a really good start this season. Um, you know, he has a solid. Don't tell anybody who's listening all about it. <laughs> yes, he will. You're right. <laughs> he, uh, you know, really solid start to this. Very exciting. Uh, <laughs> Very exciting start to the season for Adams. He's been he's been all over the place. You know, he's doing an effective job as a blitzer. He's done. He's broken up in a couple a couple passes, uh, separating def- separating receivers from the ball by delivering a big hit. He's been involved in, in the run game. So it's a guy they trust to do a little bit of, of of everything. And yeah, he's been effective as a blitzer so far this year. Yeah, and uh, you know he's got he's got the good you know, you know the short area quickness. So I mean he's able to beat you know it's it's so funny watching. A defensive back because I mean it's similar to a running back and a D lineman. I mean these guys are just juking their away away from the big man and then they just close. And you see a lot of it. Derwin James is already off to that in San Diego. I mean I'm sorry, L.A. But it's fun to just you know sometimes just take an athlete and say, well I know you can win here just by being a solid athlete. 
So Jamal's been going that way. Uh, John, what if you're game planning, and obviously it's hard to get a read right now, but what is the number one thing you want to take away from this Browns offense? Um, you know, I, I think that you, I, I think it, it comes down to preventing uh, Taylor from. I, I, I think I'll tell you what my biggest concern is: is the Jets really botched a couple of zone reads. And I don't know whether the extent to which the Browns are using them. I would presume that you know design runs are part of the Browns' offense with Tyrod in there. But the Jets had a lot of problems last week against bootlegs, against zone reads, against guys. You know, they the the guy at the end who was unblocked by design was constantly over pursuing. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So sure, it's as much what I want to take away is. What needs to be fixed heading into this week? Because the Dolphins were able to generate a lot just by guys playing undisciplined football. So I think it's as much as it's as much as you want to take away what the Browns do well. The Jets need to fix what did not go well last week against Miami because the Dolphins' offense had trouble doing a lot of things, and they were able to generate uh, a number of big play, a number of decent play, decent gains just because the guy who was defending either the zone read or the bootleg who was on block design by design was just fly running himself out of position so i think above all else for the jets that's something that's got to be fixed yeah, well and that's what happens i mean in, with the week one beatdown of detroit you know everything starts to ride a little high and then he kind of kind of gummed them out a little bit and then there's everything that's in between about what's really going on so it, it's just funny how that's working out we're going to go into week three here with you know the third version of this offensive line. Desmond Harrison, as much as it seemed like a head-scratcher and he missed parts of camp, and for me, I just felt like the thing was terribly rushed because you're talking about an undrafted free agent who may be a guy who could be a left tackle for you for a few seasons. So it's a gift. So it was like, well, I mean, it, you know, he got him as an undrafted free agent, so why rush it if he may have stolen? I think they just think he's the best one for the job right now. He's shown well athletically. I think week two he was a little better than he was week one, which is understandable. It hopefully allows for the rest of this Cleveland Browns O-line to stay in the place. And the interior was really good last year. Obviously, you know, Chris Hubbard was brought over in free agency. and He's he's played okay so far. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell, obviously, from the limited amount they've all played together. Is it more of just learning your teammates and, you know, gelling and cohesion and stuff like that? So we'll see how it works out. But... The defensive line, if, I mean, the offensive line, if these guys can get stronger and you know, do a better job as a unit of five, we're hoping we can see more out of this Browns offense. Yeah, and I, I'll t- I, I would assume that having question marks, especially at the tackle position, is an unfamiliar uh, situation for the Browns fans. Well, it, it's not good. And it was, it was so tough because, I mean, I, I think everybody kind of thought Joe was going to come back. And you could really see the writing on the wall. And then you'd see pictures of him. And you could see, he was like, well, dude, he's down to 275. He's just not coming back. And it, was, it wasn't that he didn't want to. It wasn't that he didn't try. It was just, you know, the body was done. I mean, I think he would have, I think he would have liked this team. He would have liked to be here. Obviously, they would have. But, you know, I mean, just sometimes, you know, good things end. It just sucks. But, uh, you know, so, you know, Joe's time came when it did. And this wasn't the year to really upgrade your left tackle position. There was only one guy who went to the Giants, obviously, in Solder. And, yeah, you know, I, I watched Sunday night. And he didn't look like he was doing too great of a job. It wasn't a dr- great draft group. So it's just, it was it was a tough blow that Joe's body failed when there just wasn't really an immediate spot to find a guy even to, you know, almost carry his lunch pail. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, just talking about what the Browns' offensive line looks like right now. I mean, this is, if the Jets, if this newfound Jets pass rush is for real, I mean, this is a, 
this is a t- the type of game where they should have success getting to Tyrod Taylor. Well, you know, Tyrod, he has no problem yeah. giving him up anyway. So right. <laughs> I'll take seven. Well, who cares? You know, I'll run for 70 yards. It'll all look better at the end. Um, but yes, but I'm, I'm growing. I'm getting closer to my end of my leash. And this is going to be a telling point because if, you know, if this game Thursday night matches the first two and we now have 10 days before we take a field again, it's going to be, I mean, I'm almost there already. And, like, everyone was getting a little mad to week one. They're like, well, dude, it was a monsoon. I'm like, well, Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger threw for three and change. You know, but so it's like you got to play in the elements. And then, you know, this week, you know, it was like, all right, man, we're going to be able to light it up. And, I mean, you have to attribute to whatever the nonsense was and and the Browns finally saying enough was enough with Josh Gordon on Saturday. Uh, in my opinion, he should have been a huge part of that game plan. And then he shows up Saturday, you know, hamstring, can't play. Four hours later, they're cutting him. So you know, maybe that put a damper on the performance of Sunday, but uh, you know, yeah, Tyrod Taylor, I'm getting, I'm getting closer and closer to the end of my straw here, John. So how close do you think the Browns are to potentially making a move? I, look, here's the thing, and you know, and this is why I was such a fan of what the Jets did. They could have handled this the same approach. I mean, Josh McCown, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, is there really? There's no different. I mean, you know, maybe Josh maybe had a little bit more success. But, I mean, two solid veterans who you know what you can get out of them for a couple of weeks. But I think the Jets were smart enough to realize, I don't think we're a playoff team this year. So why not? And, you know, like we just talked about with the Miami game, let's get these mistakes out of the way. And the other thing is, let's get Sam Darnold acclimated to a Quincy Inunua, uh, to a you know, to a uh, Robbie Anderson. You know, let's start letting, and we'll figure out, you know, because you're evaluating which guys you want long-term around him. Obviously, you know, Quincy Newton, you talked about the relationship. He's a guy that probably was in their fold for a while. And you want him to start playing Miami twice a year. You want him to play Buffalo twice a year. I mean, you want him to play New England twice a year. Get that experience going. You know, I'm not a huge sit-the-quarterback guy. If you drafted him round one, in my opinion, he should be on the field because, you know, that's how much of the capital you spent. And obviously, you know, you didn't have somebody better that you spent around one pick. So, you know, we'll see. And, I mean, for Hugh, it's, I mean, I've, I, I still can't believe the guy is here. But, I mean, we're, you know, 132-1, and one, one, we're talking at 133-1. and one. I mean, when is enough is enough that you didn't do your job and now we just changed 31 people on the roster. We brought in a new GM. He brought two guys with him to the front office. There ain't nothing left to throw out the window. There's only one thing left here right now, John. Yeah, I can't get you know, That's the thing I can't get over. And I, I'm watching the Browns from afar. But, you know, I know since that owner took. John? I think it's been five seasons. Yeah, and, and, and here was the one today. I mean, they talked about tonight, and he's. And he's like, oh, no, we're going to show up. We're going to be ready to play. We don't want to disappoint anyone. Disappoint? <laughs> what have you done for two years? <laughs> we don't want yeah. to disappoint, disappoint anyone on Thursday night. We're going to have our color rush jerseys on. I was like, how could you even say that? I mean, you jumped into a lake to try to clean the sins of all the crap that just went on for a couple of years. He just, and the other thing is, and he is, you can see where he's a really good guy. He's a sweet guy. But he gets asked a question, and... His response should be 10 words. You know, and you see how Bill Belichick has dealt with for all these years. He gets to about those 10 words and then throws in four more sentences. And by the third sentence after, it's like, oh, man, where'd you go? Where'd you take this, dude? (laughs) He criticized Denzel Ward, who had a huge coming out party. 
And, and the way he made it sounded like was, you know, well, he got beat by Antonio Brown for a touchdown. So it was just like, oh, wow, dude. He, you know, two interceptions, you know, a couple of batted balls, and the fact that Antonio Brown, the alpha male of the wide receiver world, beat him for a score. That's something we got to shake our head about. You know, it's funny because Todd Bowles is not a popular guy among uh, a portion of the Jets fan base. Back to back five and eleven seasons, uh, not a great interview. I think I think part of it just has to do with his public persona, where he's, he's not great with the media, uh, doesn't like to give up a lot of information, uh, and th- th- there are a number of issues. Defense is underachieved. Um, he, he he came in with the reputation of being being a great defensive schemer. But the one thing Jets fans always seem to say is, well, it could be worse. It could be, you know, it could be Hugh Jackson, which I mean, I don't know that that's fair, but. I, I mean, at this point, I, w- I mean, there's just, just so much and it's, 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 it's terrible. And, I, you know, I don't know how much longer they're going to go. I mean, and the other thing is, as much as I want Baker, I do have concerns about whether John Dorsey and his crew want a Baker-Hugh relationship. So, I mean, you know, it, it, if Hugh survives the season, I'd be stunned. But you got to think, you know, even if Baker is not playing, the day he's out, Baker's in, is my thinking with that. But, John, you know, just like, you know, you deal with it just like I do. Ever since I've started the podcast, people always be asking me for advice, fantasy, whatever. It's usually, you know, who can I bet on this week? And the truth is, guys, is, look, my first off, my betting track record ain't too great. But I can't tell you who's going to win or lose the game. Remember, what I can tell you is who you're betting on is almost as important as who you're betting with. So that's why I always tell people, and I suggest, guys, we do it through the show here. You know, my bookie. Trust these guys. They're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. The online reviews are good. The, uh, the, 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 the mobile apps, all those stuff, it's quick. You get everything through. There's no lagging. Uh, I would only recommend a site that's been good to me. I don't wager a lot, guys, like I always tell you. But when I do, I will use my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, over-under on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. I love the fantasy aspect, guys. It's fun. You're usually playing anyway. you got one guy in a Monday night game you're holding on to, so go ahead and check it out. My bookie is slammed with new customers right now and wants to let everyone know of get to the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit, make your initial deposit, after 7 p.m. Eastern time, what is my bookie going to do for you? Not only do does my bookie right now still match your amount dollar for dollar, so you put in 100, you get two. If you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern, they're going to give you another $25. New promo code along with this, guys. So use locked on 25 Visit MyBookie online today. It's spelled like it sounds, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. Uh, guys, as far as the other thing, you know, wait to do it after dinner time. You know, grab a cigar and a beer. Go register, register yourself there. Make sure it's after 7 p.m. Eastern. And guys, mybookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. John, we got to do predictions. I, I, you know, last week I did a couple of shows, and as the week got on, I felt worse and worse about the game. And it was even before the Josh Gordon thing. And then, of course, you know, because everyone I said, go ahead and take the Saints. I mean, go ahead and take the uh, take the Browns early in the week, and then I said take the Saints. To, you know, the, I'm sorry, Browns late in the week. Everybody took the Browns, and obviously the Saints. <laughs> well, won the game, but didn't win by enough. John, what are you thinking about this week? Well, it's like I told you at the top of the show. I mean, this game does terrify me from a Jets perspective. I think any you know, as we said, any it's a, Thursday, it's a, no, it's a no win game for the Jets. Right. Oh, right. you beat the Browns. It's short week on the road. I mean, it's a scary game for the Jets, but 
as much and the Garrett against this offensive line makes me very nervous, but we've seen Darnold make plays when under pressure, extend plays with his legs. I think he can do just enough of that, make just enough plays. And the Jets defense is playing pretty well to this point. Uh, they really, really dominated Detroit week one. Week two only gave up 20 to Miami, and that two of my, Miami had three touchdowns. Two of those drives started in Jets territories. Yeah because of turnovers. So I like the way this, this Jets defense is playing. Tremaine Johnson, the big uh, free agent acquisition, had a strong game against against Miami. Again, the pass rush is playing well. Uh, I think they can dial it up one more week against you know this the question marks on the Browns' offensive line. So I think the Jets will win, and I'll say the Jets win it by a field goal. You had to say field goal. It's been a rough week here in Cleveland, John. Um, I, I hate to do it, but with the Browns favored... And now here's the question. Now, look, as much as you keep stressing about this offensive line, and ain't none of these guys, you know, obviously you don't shell the youngest, but it's not like any of these guys are spring chicken young. They're all pretty established veterans. And now I look at this defensive line for Cleveland. These guys are young. And these guys are, you know, good and quick. You know, can this offensive line rebound rebound this quickly from Sunday to Thursday? I mean, good enough to play, good enough to go but good enough to go against some athletic freaks in Garrett, Ogunjobi, and uh, obviously in uh, Jannard Avery, like I mentioned earlier. The biggest concern for me defensively, Demarius Randall. We're not sure here, I mean, because it's been limited again now. Is this limited going to get him to go Thursday? Or, you know, is it limited like he ain't going to go Thursday? He'll be a crucial piece. Uh, Sam Darnold, obviously, you know, he's, he's starting to work the field almost every angle of it. So being without your free safety would be a tough spot because then they would play Breenbody Calhoun, who only played five weeks last week because he kind of got five snaps last week because he had a real rough week when against Pittsburgh. So he'd be the guy you'd be putting in there. So if Demarius Randall plays, I, you know, I do feel even more confident. I, I, I think they're going to get it done. I think they can hold the Jets to 17 19, 20 points. I think they can get it close. I think, you know, and now, of course, you know, I'm going to put in it. I'm not going to put this number in because I think they're going to make field goals. I'm going to assume they're going to miss a couple extra points. So we'll go with like a 23, 19, 23, 20, something like that. All right. Well, I, I think we agree on one thing. It should be a pretty close game. And, you know, and here's the thing, guys. You know, for anybody watching it, enjoy it on both sides. Like, I, you know, I know the young players on the Jets. I know the young players on the Browns. You know, these are, there's a lot of talent on this field, you know, it's, you know, and, you know, if, you know, some guys get bored with Thursday night games or whatever, but this should be a good competitive game with a lot of individual talent on it. So, you know, yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely, Jeff. All right, John, absolute plus for John Buchko from Locked On Jets, John Jeff Lloyd, guys, Locked On Browns. Follow the shows, follow everybody personally. Uh, looking forward to a good ball game Thursday night, and we'll talk to everybody soon.